Have you uh, ever been asked to do something that just didn't feel right, didn't feel normal, like, like coming to the 930 service? I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, or, or something like this. I'll never forget my senior year of high school. I had a, a bunch of electives that I, had, I did not take the, the first three years. And so my senior year really was full of electives. And so I signed up for typing class. Do they offer typing anymore? Y'all just come out of the womb knowing how to do that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Well, I, I had to take typing class, and so I'll never forget. How many of you took typing? Not crazy. <laughs> so, not crazy. So, I, I'll never forget. I signed up for that class, and I don't have a chair up here, but we had to sit a certain way. It was like one foot back, one foot in front of the other, shoulders back, elbows in. Oh my God. And it hurt. I literally was sore from typing class. I dropped it. I dropped it because it was sore. And I don't even know what I, what I picked up. But it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel normal. I, I don't play golf. Most of you know that. And I make a lot of jokes about it. But I'll tell you why I don't play golf. That does not feel normal. The, the pinky grip and all that stuff. And I, I would try to do it. And it just felt so rigid. And then I'd hit the ball or miss the ball, whatever. And it would make me so mad. And I just didn't. And I just, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I play tennis, and I'll never forget, same thing with tennis. And they teach it totally different now than they did then, but it was so rigid. You know, drop the head, step forward, ball comes, you swing through, and it, that just feels rigid. But I stayed with it uh, and, and until it became fluid. We're in a series today called Summer in the Psalms, and we're actually in one psalm. It should be Summer in the Psalm, but we're going to be in Psalm 37 uh, all summer. And if you weren't here last week, let me say this about Psalm 37. It's different than the rest of the Psalms. It reads almost like a proverb or um, some people have compared it to the book of James. And it's believed that it was written, King David wrote it for Solomon. And King David wrote it at the end of his life. So we're getting now this wisdom, not from a young King David or a young David, a shepherd boy. But we're getting this now of a man who's been walking with the Lord all his life. And so he's talking about this main theme that you're going to see throughout the psalm is how to live in a world gone mad. And how many of you feel like our world's just gone mad? He's talking about how to live in a world that's just gone mad while with evil people flourishing and, and good people suffering. And he's telling his son, he's telling Solomon, and the Spirit's telling us today through the Word of God, hey, don't fret. Don't worry. Don't fret, don't, don't worry, don't be afraid, don't be jealous, don't be angry. That's, that's probably a good term, don't be bitter. That's a good definition of the word fret. And today we're going to talk about some things that for some of you, it's going to feel not normal. It's going to feel unnatural. We're, we're actually going to talk about some things that are actually counter to our culture today. Things like this, slowing down. Silence. Not taking a vow of silence like a monk or anything like that. But just being silent. We're going to talk about not getting angry when you're justified in your anger. And we're going to talk about probably the most counterculture thing is just choosing meekness. Now, 
I'm getting ready to read the scripture for today. Remember, this is just part of a section of the entire uh, chapter of Psalms. So I want to challenge you sometime today or tomorrow or this week, go back and read Psalm 37. Matter of fact, as we go through it during the summer, read it, read it multiple times. Now, here's David. He just got through talking about, hey, don't fret. Trust in the Lord. Uh, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. And now he's, he's down here. He says this, be still in the presence of the Lord. Now, this word be still, this really means cease. He's talking about, hey, stop. Be quiet. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. What a contrast that is to our human nature, isn't it? You, we be still, we stop, we, we have faith, and we wait for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. Amen? For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Now, he's talking about some covenant language, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. He says, soon the wicked will disappear. If you start out in Psalm 1 and you read through the Psalms, you're going to see over and over again, he's talking about the, the wicked, and it seems like they're flourishing, but he, you'll hear over and over again, he says, hey, the wicked will soon disappear. The wicked will perish. He says, though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly, the meek, will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. Live in a world gone mad. I don't know if it was on the television, on the, on the phone, or uh, on the radio. I heard recently about people buying gas and they're storing it up so they can sell it for a higher price when there's a gas shortage. Crazy. Instead of thinking about how to serve people and help people in times. There's people that are thinking, no, I know what's coming. There's going to be a gas shortage. What I'm going to do is make as much money as I can. It seems like greedy people are always succeeding. And then think about favoritism, man. You know, you think you would see favoritism just in school. Man, don't we see it in the workplace? And don't we see it in our communities? And we see it in, in, in politics. We see it in government. It seems like the weak and the oppressed are always taken advantage of. It seems like the smaller you are or the weaker you are, the more they'll continually be taken advantage of. I could give you headlines of things I've heard that are so tragic right now that's been happening to children. Kids are bullied at school. They're bullied at work. They're bullied at camp. I've heard stories of this past week of how this is happening. Drugs are rampant. People being murdered in various ways in our state, in our country. I got a friend who's a pastor in Kentucky, and he's, he did three funerals yesterday because um, deputies were ambushed and three of them were killed. And it seems like so many good people are sick. While it just seems like evil people flourish. So there's so much to, to be justifiably angry at. And so it's in, in this kind of world that David speaks into. Not, not just when his son's coming up hundreds of years ago. But he's speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit to us today. And here's what he says. Stop. 
Stop. Be still. Cease. Be still in the presence of the Lord. And wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked scheme. This is not passivity. Uh, this is not uh, resigning not to do any good work. Like we last week, we talked about, hey, if you see the culture and you see the evil in the culture, it says trust in the Lord and do good. Be, a, be an answer to the evil that's happening around us in the world. This is not the, the contrary to that. This is not the contrast to that. This is not passivity. This is active resting. This is resting in the Lord. This, this is a soul rest. It's ceasing from everything and, and everyone. It's taking time to be silent. It's taking time to, to be quiet. It's really a time set aside. For this, a, a quiet time, as probably many of you know this phrase. Now, understand this quiet time, there's no news input, there's no input whatsoever, there's no updates, there's no music, uh, there, there's no videos, there's no TikTok, there's, there's no text, there, there's no email. Matter of fact, the phone is off to the side, it's just stopping, it's just quiet. Me and you know Cage had uh, epilepsy and they did the seizure. And one thing they told us was that he's going he's to struggle with a quiet brain for a little while. Because when he had epilepsy, there was like this constant knocking. And sometimes it would get real loud and we would we'd see the seizure. And they said, hey, that knocking's gone. His behavior's going to get worse. <laughs> when he told me that, I said, I'm, I will sue you. <laughs> Tracy's like, don't say that. Anyway. But. Sure enough, we'd, after surgery, we'd be 20 minutes in the car, just quiet. Man, he'd just go ballistic. He's past that now, but he did not like the quiet. I know there's some people that don't like quiet. Man, we have conditioned our brains for constant um, input, constant entertainment, constant uh, supply of information, just to be stimulated at every moment of the day. Go to the grocery store. Some of you saw me doing this this week. I was at Kroger in line. What did I do? Because I had a few minutes. I was reading the Bible. No, I wasn't. <laughs> You're waiting at a table at a restaurant. I've seen whole families do this. Sitting at a red light. Oh, no. He's going from preaching to meddling, you know. <laughs> Maybe laying in bed. Input, input, constant input, constant noise in the brain. And today the word of God is saying stop. Not all of it, just stop. Now this is written in a culture where they, they prayed three times a day. They, they, they practiced a, a true Sabbath. It was, like, it was like Christmas once a week in the sense that they did, they did no work and they celebrated the goodness of God. They had worship and then probably a family would come over and a big celebration and just talking about how good God had been all during the week and maybe going for a hike or, or whatever it may be, enjoying the outdoors. They would stop from their work. 
But it says this, but before the Lord. It's before the Lord. Yahweh. The, the one who is supreme overall. He said, hey, right now, with the, with the world going mad, stop. Before the Lord. Before the one who is supreme in authority. Stop before him. With his word. With an attitude that is ready to both hear it, receive it, and do what it says. Now, the one who writes this, this David, man, his heart's desire is God's word. Man, he's a king. He could enjoy whatever he wanted in his country, whatever pleasure he wanted. And he did regrettably do that. But here's what he writes. So listen to his words in, in Psalm 119. I run in the path of your commands. I'll tell you what I'm chasing. I, I'm chasing your commands. For you have broadened my understanding. And then he prays this, direct me in the path of your commands. For there I find delight. Delight. There I find my joy. There, there I find even to some degree my entertainment, my happiness, my, my well-being. Turn my heart toward your statues and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. I love being a pastor, but there's sometimes I wish I wasn't one. And right now, I wish I wasn't one. I would still be preaching, but I wish I didn't have the title pastor on it because sometimes I share with you things. Well, you're a pastor. You should be doing things like that. I want to tell you, my quiet time with the Lord is the, my favorite part of the day. I love my wife. I adore her. I love my kids. I, I love one of my dogs. <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, on vacation, at home, my quiet time is my favorite part of the day. And it's not rigorous, and it's, not, it's just consistent. It's my most peaceful time of the day. And it's basic. I have a Bible, and I have a journal, and a pen. And I sit quietly until Cage shows up. But I sit quietly, and I'm reading, and I'm reflecting, and I'm writing down promises of God, and I'm writing down observations, and I'm writing down things I feel like the Lord's leading me to do, and I'm praying. And, don't, and it's a messy prayer that you probably would not even, it's in and out of prayer, it's conversational, and it puts my heart at rest. Why do I do it? Not because I'm a pastor. Because like you, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I don't get my substance from this world, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You and I were created for this. You and I were created for these moments. And man, and so desperately we need them, especially in times like this. It's where I feel prepared for the day. It's where most of my decisions are made. It's where my leading comes. It's where uh, stress gets replaced with peace. 
And that's where I find direction. And I will say it over and over again. Life is easier when I stop before the Lord. Same problems. Same problems than when I don't stop. But I remember he's Yahweh. He is supreme over all creation. Everything falls under his authority. And life is easier when I stop. Life is easier when Jesus is leading. Jesus said this. He said, take my yoke upon you. You know, a yoke, if you ever had animals. None of us had animals. that had a wooden plow around them. But the, the yoke would put two animals together. And so they would plow the ground and they would lead. Jesus said, take my yoke. Be, be yoked with me. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And this is what he says. And you will find rest for your soul. And the world go mad at crazy times when, when sickness and, and when relational things are crazy. And, and you just don't know what, what tomorrow holds. You will find peace for your soul. When you and I stop. In the presence of the Lord. Yoke our lives with Jesus. And let him lead us through our moments and our days, our struggles, our addictions, our fears, our, our pains, our celebrations. I'm telling you, it is richer and there is peace there. And so we all want peace, right? We all want Security. I love what John Eldridge said. He said this, security is, not found, security is not found in the absence of danger, but it's in the presence of Jesus. I'm reading through Acts right now, and I'm seeing Peter jailed, you know, and the angel had to wake him up to get him out of, out of, out of prison. Peace in the Lord. Today, we, we celebrate uh, our freedom by worshiping together. And there's Christians right now around the world that are, they're worshiping behind closed doors. It, it is truly secret church. Presence, uh, security is not found in the absence of danger. But it's in the presence of Jesus. So whatever you're, you're going through, man, security is not in the absence of it, but it's in the presence of Jesus. Stopping before the Lord, reading and reflecting on his word, spending time in prayer. Well, the second thing is just stop. But then he changes gears a little bit. Then he says, stop and turn. He says, hey, stop being angry. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. I've never, uh, I've always regretted. I have always regretted when I've lost my temper. It has never led to a desired result unless my desired result was flesh, to hurt someone. I have never, uh, uh, I've always regretted losing temper. He said, stop being angry, turn from your rage, do not lose your temper, it only leads to harm, for the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. I, I can't help but think about my two dogs right here real, real quick. I've got two dogs. One is uh, a golden doodle. She is majestic. She is graceful. She is peaceful. She is polite. And she is kind. She's 14 years old. And then I have a sheep-a-doodle. He's uncouth. 
He's rude and he's a selfish beast. <laughs> and he knows when he's done something wrong. I walked in the room. And I get onto him. He, you know what he does? Drops that head. Walks out of the room. There's something, some scriptures that I read. Sometimes I read them. I want to go. Yeah, you nailed me, Lord. How about you? How's your anger? Listen, this life's not fair. This life is not fair. You know, it's not fair. There are evil people that are not sick with cancer. That's not fair. Man, there are people that cheat and lie and steal, and it seems like they have everything they need. That is not fair. And you're doing your best to follow the Lord and, and do all this. And you got people around you, maybe even close to you, that seem to just get by with evil. Some of you in this room, you've had your identity stolen. Somebody's gotten your credit card, your debit card, your social security number. And they had quite a good time at your expense. Some of you have had your cars broken into. Some of you have had much worse and it's by people you know. Don't get angry. Paul says it like this. But now's the time to get rid of anger. Now's the time to get rid of anger. Paul would not ask us to do something that's not possible. Okay, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Whose characteristics are, are, are not anger. Just the opposite. He says, now's the time to get rid of anger. Get rid of rage. Get, get rid of malicious behavior. Slander and, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds like Scott was talking about in communion. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Be renewed in that quiet before the Lord, his word and prayer and be renewed in worship even. Small groups, step studies, be, be renewed because you're not who you were anymore. Man, when, when anger comes and rage comes and maliciousness comes, hey, you got to remember, hey, that's not who I am. And, and sometimes you just, I, one of my prayers this past week is, Lord, help me be quick to repent. And then I put often. Sometimes it's not repenting at the end of the day. It's repenting four, five, eight times during the day. Be renewed by stopping each day. And remember this, the wicked will get their justice. We don't celebrate that because that means eternity in hell. But they will not last. And our job... Even in the Old Testament time, this was true of those who, who, who went to the temple. That The Jews would be a light to the Gentiles. Well, Christians, we're, we're to be a light to those who do evil against us, to those who do evil in our world. And anger and rage and maliciousness, they don't shine. The light of the gospel. Job is to... 
Let our light shine and, and turn from anger and rage and all those things. And remember this. Meekness is the road to our destiny. And this sounds weak, doesn't it? Oh my God, now he's told me to stop and be quiet and be still. And then he said, don't get angry. And, you know, and now he's telling me to, to be meek. He says in Psalm 37, 11, the lowly will possess the land. He said the meek will possess the land and they're going to live in peace and prosperity. Hmm, choosing meekness. This is almost as hard or harder than being quiet, isn't it? Sounds like a word that a victim would use when they were just so meek, like a little mouse. They just got chewed up. Meekness, and many of you have heard that it's power under control. But, but who are the meek? The meek are those who are quiet before the Lord. And they're waiting on Him to act. They're, they're trusting in Him. They're trusting in His authority. They're trusting in His judgment. They're trusting on, in His timeline. Trusting in His word. And it's those who are depending on the Lord for, for vengeance and, and vindication. But here's the promise that, that David makes. David says they'll inherit the land. So he, now he's talking about covenant language. Like, you know, when God went to Abraham, and we sang about this just earlier today. He, when God went to Abraham and promised, hey, look, you, you'll get all this land around you. All, this, all of Israel, this is it. If, if you'll trust me. But Jesus more than one-ups David, and he says, blessed are the meek, for they're going to inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they're going to get the whole earth, the whole world. Like, like how, how is that possible? Because we know that one day God's going to restore all things, and one day God's going to make all things new, and one day the, the new Jerusalem's going to come and, and rest on, on, on the earth. And Man, when you, when you walk into a restaurant today, you know what you ought to do? Hey, this is mine. One day, wherever you can fly to, one day we'll inherit the whole earth. And those who do evil will be, be gone. And we will live in peace and, and prosperity. And that's why we get before the Lord and that's why we get in his word so we don't forget our future. We don't forget our destiny. And we don't forget that our path to that destiny is, is meekness. How is that possible that we get this? Because Jesus chose meekness. The son of God. Through whom all things were made. That have been made. The one who could call down angels at any point. He humbled himself to death on a cross. He took our sins. Think about humiliation. He was stripped of his clothes. He was beaten. Hung on a cross like a criminal. And he died our death and said nothing. No worry, no fretting. No bitterness, no jealousy, no rage, no anger. But Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
He did that so when you and I could live forever for all those who trust in him. So what do we need to do? I don't everybody in this room is a little different. I don't know your, your, your spiritual disciplines, but I know this, whether you do this or not, we need to stop and spend time with the Lord. Not legalistically, because our souls will starve and dry up without it. And then we'll look like the world. We need that quiet time for peace and tranquility and craziness of life. Maybe we need to repent of anger and rage, and maybe we need to do that often. And it will seem unnatural, and it will seem wrong when you're listening to the radio or pulling up your news app or whatever it may be. But I'm going to tell you what discipline will do. Discipline will, will start a habit, and that habit will result in godly character. It will feel fluid and then you can choose meekness. And here's what you're going to enjoy in this ever increasingly evil world. Tranquility of the soul. When you see that word peace, he's talking about this tranquility of the soul, no matter what's going on. Assured of salvation, yes. Fearing nothing from God, yes. And then content with your lot in life. Tranquility. So I'm going to have us do something that's not natural for a congregation to end a church service with. A lot of times we'll end with a song or we'll end with uh, people, you know, inviting you to come forward. I want us to end in silence for a moment. Just, just complete silence. And you can express to the Lord. Maybe you just need to take a moment just don't say anything. And then maybe it's like, hey, Lord, I'm going to set a time to meet with you regularly. Or, Lord, forgive me for this. Or, or Lord, or thank you for this promise, whatever it may be. Let's just take a moment and be silent, and then I'll end that time with prayer. Father, as we come to the end of our time together, as the family, as, as the body, Lord, as um, children of God, as the saved, uh, the sanctified, living in a crazy world. Lord, I pray this. You'd fill our hearts with joy 
and peace that we may overflow with confident hope in this crazy world through the power of your Holy Spirit. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, our Savior, amen. Amen. Have a great Independence Day.